Now I'm going to read a few verses this morning to, uh, from 2 Timothy at chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. This is traditionally called Mother's Day. The third Sunday in March is always known as Mothering Sunday. And we're going to think about mothers in particular, but it can be applied in the wider context of the family. Um, I've been tempted for quite some time to do a study on great women of the Bible. Um, and of course, what, what a tremendous study it is uh, to, to think about the characters that um, are set forth there. So there's one character here in particular that we want to think about today. Second Timothy chapter 1. We're going to read the first 12 verses of the chapter. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unseen faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois, and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thy partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who have saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Saviour Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Amen. We'll end the reading there at verse 12. And we pray God will stamp with his own approval and blessing this reading of the Holy Scriptures. Let's just unite ever so briefly in a wee word of prayer. 
Heavenly Father, we just ask thee today to remember us as a congregation. We think especially at this time of those that mourn and, Lord, we're saddened in a true sense of the passing of Mrs. Beattie. We thank you for her, the life that she lived, the testimony that she left behind. And we're glad, Lord, that we have the knowledge today that for her it's absent from the body and present with the Lord. And we pray that this hope in the gospel will be a great encouragement, especially to Helen and to Raymond at this time in the loss of mummy. And, O oh God, we're asking thee to be their comfort and stay. I remember Mike, a faithful and true son-in-law. I remember a grandson, remember grandchildren. And we just leave them with thee, whether in Northern Ireland or in Australia. Remember Carolyn and Ariel as well undertake for them and in their grief and in their thoughts about the passing of a loved one may the great hope of the gospel thrill their soul that one day there's going to be a resurrection glory to God the soul and spirit will be reunited with the body one day there's going to be a a grand reunion and what a day that will be uh, when Jesus we shall see We just look to thee, Heavenly Father, undertake for others that mourn in difficult circumstances. Uh, Lord, thou dost know all about their pain. It's real and it's raw. Their tears, Lord, are are, are heavy. Their spirits are sad. We just pray that you'll come and you'll put your loving arms around about them. And may there be the look of faith. May there be the realization that somewhere in the shadow there's a sympathizing sorrowing saviour we thank that christ identifies with us in our pain he's the man of sorrows undertake lord as we've asked for our boys and girls remember our young people uh, lord even those that are absent from our homes at this time wherever they're at we're not part of the world we just pray you'll remember them for good may your hand be upon them and lord may you lead them in the path of righteousness keep them from sin Keep them, Lord, to thyself. We plead the blood for them. Raise up a band of young people in our church that know and love Christ as Lord and Saviour and want to live for thy glory. Have mercy upon us, we pray to this end. Undertake for us in the furtherance, Lord, of the work here and the need, Lord, for conversion growth, the need, Lord, for new families to be brought in, the need financially to see the new building raised up next door, Lord, the wisdom that's needed as we meet the finance committee in a week or so's time. Undertake for that. May your hand be upon us and we pray that we'll know the moving of the will of God and we'll see something happening, Lord, that will bring about a spirit of joy, excitement and expectation. And yet, Lord, a spirit whereby we're just utterly cast in thee and say, Lord, thy will be done. Lord, hear prayer now. We, we just ask thee to undertake. Undertake for our elderly who are shut in their homes, who can't be at the house of God. Meet their need, we pray, by thy grace. Lord, all that need a touch in body, may thy hand be upon us. Lord, our, our, our little province at this time, the, the need of our denomination, the need of all that are true to the blood in the book. Lord, remember we thy people, every aspect of our service. Lord, may the blessing of God be upon it. Even that radio broadcast tomorrow, as it will go out in RTE about our protest against abortion. Lord, use it, we pray, for thy glory at this time. Undertake for us now. Even have a word and season for us today. For Jesus' sake. Amen.
Now my text this morning is taken from 2 Timothy chapter 1 and the verse 5. When I call to remembrance the unseen faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. And my subject today is simply entitled, A Wonderful Example and Encouragement of a Mother's Faith. You see, sometime during Paul's second ministry missionary journey, the great apostle met a young man by the name of Timothy. And in the course of their conversation, he learned about Timothy's family. He learned that his mother was called Eunice, or in the Greek, Unite. She was a Jewess who had converted to Jesus Christ. She was a real, true, ardent believer. He also learned that his father was a Greek. That's a reference to a Gentile. Uh, there was nothing to disclose about his spiritual condition. Timothy's father, even though he was a Greek, there's nothing recorded in the Bible that he got saved. So we could really say that this was a kind of a, a mixed marriage. Uh, he, he had a mother who was a believer, a father who was a, a non-believer, a Greek, and he had a granny who was called Lois, who was also a Christian. Now, after Timothy's mother was converted, it was her that took the responsibility of raising up her son in the ways of God. How do I know that? Now here's the answer. I want you to think of this boy, Timothy. And I want you to think of the day that he was born. And of course you know when children's born in our day and generation, they're given a name. And when this baby boy was born, you can just imagine the, the midwife saying to Eunice, Oh, you've got a baby boy. And she gives him the name. What's the name? Timothy. Because Paul's writing to Timothy, isn't he? In fact, he says, if you look at second epistle there in chapter 1 and verse 2, To Timothy, my dearly beloved son. And I'll explain that in a little moment. But but the, the name Timothy, it's a Greek name. We, we could talk about Timotheus. And do you know what it means? The name Timothy means, I honor God. So it had to be before Timothy was born, that his mummy called Eunice had come to faith in Christ, and she gives this newborn child the name I honour God. And I put it to you this morning that this was a prophecy regarding this young man's life. And early in Timothy's life, she had to teach him the word of God. Now, now how do I know that? Well, let's look at her Bible. In first, sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 3 uh, and in the verse 15. Look at the words. And that from a child, this is written to Timothy. 
Thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. From a child. Now the word child there means from, from a baby. We could really think when Timothy came into the world, I can just almost picture the scene where he's sitting on mummy's knee and mummy is putting into his ear the word of God in the gospel. I know that our former moderator, the late Dr. Paisley, used to say that with his own grandchildren when they were born and they were on his knee as little infants, he spoke John 3 and 16 into their ear. See, in Timothy's home, the the, the word of God was read and it was taught to him. And I believe he learned to read and write the sacred letters of the Holy Scriptures. And from the Bible, Timothy learned about the creation of the world, that God was our creator. He learned about the story of redemption, how the children of Israel are brought out of Egypt um, under the leadership of Moses. He would have learned about Moses and the giving of the law in Mount Sinai. He would have learned about the life of Samuel, the life of David, David's victory over Goliath. He would have learned about King Solomon's temple. He would have learned about the coming Messiah. And he would have learned about that the Messiah was to suffer. And and then he would come back in power and glory. You see, from a child, Timothy is 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 being taught the word of God and he would have a clear knowledge of the way of salvation I'm a sinner I've got a soul I need to be saved and the only Jesus Christ is the saviour of sinners now here's a home and it's got a believing mother and it's got a believing granny and it's got a non-believing father but that home was bible based And that home was Christ-centered. And in that home, there was raised up three generations of believers. There was a granny who was saved. Glory to God. There was a mother who was saved. And in the process of time, there was a son called Timothy who was given the name when he was born. I honor God. And he too was saved. Now this morning, I want to just focus on the mother. It says in the Bible, and thy mother Eunice. I believe that Eunice made a great sacrifice regarding Timothy. You see, one day her boy, that she loved, set off to accompany Paul in going on a journey to preach the gospel. They were going to places where Timothy had probably never been before, maybe never even heard of. And we have to put it in context. Probably not easy for that mother. There's no mention of a brother or a sister. Had Eunice only one son? That seems to be what the Bible teaches. Can you imagine this mother kissing her son Goodbye. She's not going to see him for a long time. Maybe not see him again until they meet in the glory land. And yet she didn't flinch. Yet she 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 didn't try to persuade him to stay. 
Yet she, she didn't give a second thought. She was not being selfish and saying, look, son, I need you at home. You've got to look after me. Um, your granny's old and soon that she'll pass away and, 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 and I'm getting older and, and I need you at home to help me. No, her, her thought had to be, what was God's will for Timothy? She, she had prepared him to serve God. You see, whenever Paul was writing to Timothy, the years have passed. Timothy had gone with Paul to preach the gospel in other lands. And Timothy was now maybe 30 or 40 years of age and he's serving God in the pastorate in Ephesus. The apostle Paul is uh, an aged man. He's in prison in Rome. He's going to soon be executed. For no other crime than he was a preacher, a believer, a, a follower of Jesus Christ. And Paul writes to him from prison for the last time. And in his opening remarks, what does he do? He, he mentions members of his family. Now what is Paul doing? Paul is reflecting on their life. He's thinking about Timothy's granny. He's thinking about his mummy. He's thinking of the importance and the influence that they had in Timothy's life. And he mentions in particular, when I call to remembrance the unfeign faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded that in thee also. Today is Mothering Sunday or Mother's Day. And I believe it's right and proper that we thank God for our mothers. And especially we ought to thank God for our godly mothers. Who have shown and taught us the way of salvation. And lived for the honour and glory of God. In a special way, godly mothers shape the lives of their offspring. Isn't there a special bond between mother and their children? Maybe more so of a bond between them than them and their fathers. Here's an encouragement for us today. When I thought of these words, thy mother Eunice, and thought about the importance and the influence that she had, the impact on, on, on Timothy's life, and, and thought of Timothy's name from his birth, I honour God. I thought to myself, there's a wonderful example for motherhood in the Bible. Now I want us to think about this woman as an example and encouragement of a mother's faith. And there's four things that I want to set before you very quickly. I want you to think first of all of the sincerity of her faith. Notice the words unfeigned Faith. Now, now that's hard to pronounce, isn't it? And it's maybe hard to spell. But what does it mean? When you read that in your Bible, you just don't think, oh, there's a hard word, can't pronounce that, can't spell that. What does the word mean? And here's the answer. It means genuine. And if you were to take the word genuine and write it beside uh, or, 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 or on your Bible, then what Paul was saying when I called to remembrance the genuine faith or the unhypocritical faith. See, 
This faith was real. This faith was sincere. Eunice was not pretending or feeling faith. You see, the reference to unfeigned is from the Greek theatre. And in the um, <coughs> Greek plays, the actor wore a mask. There maybe was a big sort of amphitheatre, maybe of three to five thousand people at a time. People were up on the balcony, wouldn't be able to see the tiny face of the woman or the man. And oftentimes their faithful facial features were made larger by the wearing of a mask. And the, the directors could, of course, use trickery of light to reflect upon certain facets of the mask and able to project a, a larger image. In fact, some of the masks were designed in such a way that the person who was speaking was able to project a larger voice than usual, a different kind of voice. And it was said that the actors were under the mask. Eunice was not under a mask. She was without the mask. If you link the word up this morning, turn there to James chapter 3 and in the verse 17. It's speaking here of a contrast of wisdom there's a wisdom that's earthly and a wisdom that's heavenly. And he says in verse 17, But the wisdom that is from above is first pure. James three seventeen. Then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. That's the meaning of the word unfeigned. It was without hypocrisy. It was unhypocritical faith without needing a mask. Her faith, in other words, was open. It was honest. She was not straining to pretend. She was not putting on a show. As we've said, her faith was real, true and genuine. She was a real, true, genuine believer. She was sincerely and genuinely born again and truly saved. Now, how do I know that? Because if you link it up with Acts chapter 16 this time, Acts 16 and verse 1. It says, Acts 16 verse 1. Then came he to Derby and Lystra. This is the Apostle Paul. Remember, he's on a second missionary journey. And behold, a certain disciple was there. Named Timotheus. This is the same boy. The son of a certain woman. Which was a Jewess. And believed. But his father was a Greek. Which was well reported of by the brethren. That were at Lystra. And Iconium. Him would Paul have to go forth with him. Now we'll not go any further in the reading. Notice the words, which was a Jewess and believed. Eunice believed in Jesus Christ and depended on him for salvation. 
and her faith in Christ was authentic and real. Now let me ask the question this morning. Do you have this kind of faith? Not only mothers and grannies, but young people, boys and girls. Is your faith in Jesus Christ real, true and genuine faith? Are you leaning your full weight four square on the Saviour? Now let me ask the second question. How did Eunice get this kind of faith? Unfeigned faith that was genuine and real. How did she get it? Well, I want to tell you she didn't get it in school. She didn't get it out of a book. She didn't get it by adopting three or four principles. She didn't buy it in a shop. You see, this unfeigned faith springs from the work of the Holy Spirit. Turn over there to 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 22. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 22. I I want you to show, see the usage of the word unfeigned. It says there in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 22. Seeing you have purified your souls and obeying the truth. How? Through the Spirit. Unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. You see, notice that this unfeigned love springs from the working of the Holy Spirit. And this unfeigned love leads you to love one another fervently. And there's no doubt that Eunice and Lois had this love in their heart. It was the product of the Holy Spirit. And this unfeigned love springs out of a heart that's full of faith. A heart that the Lord has opened. A heart that the Lord has touched. As we've said, these women were not pretending to be believers. They were not play acting. They were not putting on a show or adopting an appearance. They weren't um, something on church and Sunday putting on a show and living like the devil the rest of the week. No, these women, in particular Eunice, knew Christ personally. She believed in him. She knew him practically. She knew him powerfully. And she knew him pleasantly. Now, why do I underscore that? Because today, some in the professing church of Jesus Christ, have an outward show. They have a mere form. They have a pretense, as the Bible says, a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. In other words, it's not real. And here we are in this Mothering Sunday, and we're thanking God for a godly mother in Eunice who had a real, true, genuine faith in Christ. What an encouragement! What an example. Think of her importance in Timothy's life. Think of her influence in Timothy's life. Think of her impact in Timothy's life. You know, we could refer to many great men in past history. Even men in the political world. Men like George Washington, Abraham Lincoln. We could even think about, as I've mentioned, our former moderator, Dr. Paisley. And, and these men would have talked about the godly woman 
that were important in their lives, that influenced their lives, that impacted in their lives. It was the great Lord Shaftesbury that said, Give me a generation of Christian mothers, and I will undertake to change the whole face of society. What's wrong with our society today? Why is there, 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 there such a moral breakdown? There's many reasons for that, but, but surely here's part of the reason. The lack and absence of godly mothers. You see, if you haven't Christ as your Lord and Savior this morning, you have no hope for now or for eternity. If we were to take Christ away, then the only surety that we would have is the assurance of hell itself. Do you have a true faith in Jesus Christ? I think of another mother, the mother of Jesus, Mary. Where was she found? At, at the foot of the cross. Is not an example to every believer, to every mother, to, to get to the cross. And, and we ask, have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Every mother needs to get to the cross. Needs to be born again. Needs to be brought to the place where they believed in Christ to the saving of their soul. And they've got a faith that's real and totally dependent on him. See, people today talk of faith. Do you know that President Obama, President of the United States of America, I've never met the man, I've only read about him, I've only heard some of his speeches, he purports to be a man of faith. Now many of our American preachers who know more than we do on this side of the pond, they, they say that the President Obama's faith is in Allah. Did you know that he changed the day of prayer that presidents have once a year in America? He allowed the option for people to pray to Allah and Buddha as well as to Jehovah. Well, if he's a man of faith and his faith's in Allah, then his faith's in the wrong person. Because the Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. See, see, that's what Eunice did. A Jewess who believed, she believed in Christ. She had an unfeigned faith. Notice quickly, <coughs> not only the sincerity of her faith, but we'll talk about the sagacity of her, her, her faith. You see, Timothy's mother, as I've said, was a woman who struggled. As we have pointed out, Timothy's mother was a believer, Acts 16. The father was a Greek, and that means he was a Gentile. There's no record of the father getting saved, no record of the father being a believer. And if he wasn't heavenly minded, then he was a man of the earth. In essence, he was a heathen. And this mother, we could say, was really plowing a lonely furrow. And you think of the hard work of being a mother, juggling a number of jobs, woman. You think of sacrificial love, the love of a mother for her children. You think of the responsibilities that mother has. You, you, you think of the, 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 the 
the, the, the unconditional aspect of, of, of loving the, the child. Here she is rearing Timothy. And part of that rearing of Timothy is instructing Timothy in the ways of God. And teaching him the path of life. Wanting him to be in the path of righteousness. All because she's trusted in Christ and because she fears God. And, and even though she's got struggles and she acknowledges that, it's in the context that um, while, yes, I have a divided home, and while, yes, uh, my husband has different ideas and different views from Timothy, uh, that this woman had a mindset and give herself to rearing Timothy in such a way that he eventually not only would believe in Christ, but if the Lord was pleased, he would work for the honor and glory of Christ. Notice thirdly, the um, speciality of her faith. Now I, I say that for this reason, that I believe that her faith was rooted in the word of God. And her faith arose from its scripturalness. <laughs> As we have said, if you link it up with Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Those words were written to Timothy. They were written about him. Paul was saying, Timothy, remember when you were a baby. Well, what your mummy did. You heard the word of God from her lips. The Bible was opened in the home. It was read to you, Timothy. It was referred to you. That was a pattern of your mummy. That was the practice of your mummy. Timothy, you're really the product of your mother's legacy. See, in the home, the woman had a plan. Timothy was going to hear the word of God. She had a pattern. She, she, she stuck to it because she didn't just want Timothy to hear. She wanted Timothy to, to, to learn the word of God. She wanted Timothy to know the value of the word of God. She had a purpose because how do we get faith? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10 and 17. She wanted Timothy to believe. The Bible's an inspired book, Timothy. The Bible's an infallible book. The, the Bible's an inerrant book. And young people, I say to you this morning, it's a privilege to hear the word of God. Young people, it's a great blessing. Don't despise it. Don't treat it lightly. Don't get up on Sunday morning and say, do I have to go to church again? Do I have to listen to, to, to the rantings of the Reverend McLaughlin? And you tell them, children, it's a privilege for you to hear the word of God. It's a, it's a great blessing. Isn't that what's wrong today in the land? Part of the moral breakdown. There's a famine in the land and it's a famine of hearing the word of God. You think of the many children, young people that don't grow up with this privilege. The Bible is a closed book. It's never opened. But it's not only a privilege to hear. But it's a privilege to learn. For the text says, and that from a child thou hast known. There was a systematic teaching of the scriptures, and that's a greater blessing. I've heard of mothers teaching their children from their infants, Psalm 23. 
John 14, and other passages of Scripture. Now, these were days before there was Sunday school, before there was Bible class. But we shouldn't just leave it all to the Sunday school and to the Bible class. Why is it so important? So that you can come to know the Lord. You can know who He is. You can know what He's like. You can know what He's done. His work in creation, His work in providence, His work in redemption. You can come to open your heart and mind to the Lord. You can come to understand that you're sinful in yourself before God. That you can come to know that there's no other way to God than through the sacrificing Savior called Jesus Christ. Because through him you can have forgiveness of sins. I emphasize this as we close. Salvation's not a matter of good behavior. It's not a matter of being associated with a church. It's not a a matter of getting into the habit of living a good lifestyle. How many many have good behavior in Northern Ireland? Upright, honest, respectable citizens. How many are associated with the church this morning? How many have a good lifestyle? They're not murderers, they're not adulterers, they're not thieves, so on and so forth. And yet salvation's not rooted in that. Salvation is a matter of receiving Christ as Lord and Saviour. Notice what the text says. And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. You see, not only was this faith sincere, not only was there a sagacity about it, in, in other words, it was lived out in all the struggles of the nitty-gritty of life in the home, and she held on to the Lord, but there was a speciality about it. It was rooted in the Scriptures. Notice one final thing, because her time's gone. The sanctity of her faith. You see, I believe... That there was a link between Eunice's faith and her lifestyle. Her faith in Christ affected her conduct in the home and outside the home. It affected her conversation. It affected her choices. Now, now turn over to one final scripture. Maybe, maybe we'll two and, and then we're, we're, we're finished. Turn back to 1 Timothy this time. Look at chapter 1 and verse 5. You see, it's always good to compare Scripture with Scripture. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. Now it says this. Now the end of the commandment is charity, that's love, out of a pure heart, and of a good conscience, and of faith unfeigned. Notice, love out of a pure heart, and a good conscience, and of faith on thing. You see, there's a link there. Note the word and. You can't have a pure heart, and you can't have a good conscience without a true, genuine faith. Where there's true faith in Christ, there'll be a pure heart. There'll be a good conscience before God. And you see, Timothy's mother, being a believer, because she had faith in Christ that was real and genuine, It affected her lifestyle, her conduct, her conversation, her choices. I believe if we had ever met Eunice, and when we do meet her in glory, she's a woman who's a model of holiness. 
Now let me just finish. You'll be glad this morning. But think of the word Eunice. Remember what I said in the introduction. You see, the name Eunice in the Greek is actually pronounced Eunike. Young people, did you ever hear of a company, a clothing company? Maybe, maybe they make shoes. And they're called Nike. N-I-K-E. There is such a company. I think there is. Okay? Now the word Nike means victory. You see, Timothy's mother was an overcomer. She was a conqueror. Even though she lived in the sagacity of a world with all the struggles. She enjoyed victory. And how can we get victory? How can we be overcomers? Here, here's the answer. Are you waiting for it? In 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith. You see, her faith was not a general faith. It was certainly not a natural faith. It was a a, a supernatural gift of God. It it wasn't faith in the abstract. It was faith in Christ. And amid all the struggles and the hardship of life, the gospel for Eunice's mother worked, and she could see Christ, and she could triumph. She she lived in a pagan culture. She she didn't live in a favoured enclave. She lived in a world that was opposed to God and the gospel. And how did she overcome? She kept her eyes on the Lord. She got sight of Christ. She was fighting in the world for her children. And how did she fight for her children? She fought with the good fight of faith. And that's the point that I want to leave with you. She was not fretting. She was not fearful. She was faithful in the midst of the battle. She was confident, train up a child in the way in which he will go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. And the mother's faith spread to her children. Lois was a believer. And no doubt she taught Eunice. And she became a believer in the process of time. And and, uh, Timothy then, when he was born, was given this name, I honour God. And in time, Timothy came to be a believer. You see, spread to the children. Granny got saved, mummy got saved, Timothy got saved. Three generations. Maybe we should just ask this morning, children, you're here in this meeting. Do you know Jesus? Is he your Lord and Saviour? Have you trusted him? Have you asked him to be your Redeemer? Notice how it spread to the future generations. Where did Timothy end up? He ended up pastoring the church at Ephesus. And through him the word of God was preached and proclaimed. And through him others were converted. Do you see the spread, the influence, the impact? There's the sanctity of her faith. Because she had true faith. She had a pure heart and a good conscience before God. And she lived fighting the world. Through her faith. She was victorious. And she overcome. Because she had faith in Christ. A mother's faith. An example and encouragement for us. May the Lord take these few words and bless them to our hearts this morning.